Star Wars 7x7 episode 1424. Today, our seven top reasons why Solo, a Star Wars story, is underperforming compared to expectations at the box office. Punch it, Chewie. Hello, everybody. I'm Greg Proops. You may know me as Fode from The Phantom Menace. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. I love you, Alan. Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. So right now, the numbers for Solo A Star Wars Story aren't trending that well. This is not an official scoundrel business episode. That'll be coming tomorrow. But today, you know, since the headline in Forbes, the Ticket Booth article by Scott Mendelson, is that Solo is a bomb... Ooh, I mean, that's seriously tough language, but hey, you know, if there is anybody I trust as far as interpreting the box office tea leaves, it's got to be Scott Mendelson. So, uh, based on the fact that we are looking at a comparatively low performance when you're looking at expectations for what the film was going to do, well, there's got to be some reasons for it. And a lot of people have been talking about a lot of reasons, but, you know, what's really actually the very likely reason. Well, I've got seven of them, and I'm ranking them in order of least likely to most likely. So let's dive in with those. We'll start with number seven, which is bad PR from people who are skewing the audience scores on various websites like Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb or that sort of thing. So why don't I think that this is a particularly strong motivator for the box office performance? performance of Solo, A Star Wars Story? Well, when you look at how The Last Jedi did, and it did very well, over <laughs> over a billion dollars worldwide, uh, when you look at the numbers and you look at how it compared to The Force Awakens in terms of its performance, and you look at how The Empire Strikes Back did compared to the original Star Wars performance-wise, well, both of them were down about 30% from their predecessors. And so there's no real reason that you can say for sure that people unsatisfied by the direction of the franchise were able to move the needle significantly. There's no evidence of it. There's certainly evidence that they can move a media needle, but not necessarily evidence that they can move a box office needle. So that's why I'm putting that at number seven of seven on my list. My sixth most likely reason is also a bad PR reason, and it's bad PR around the troubles with the production, specifically the change of directors from Lord and Miller to Ron Howard. Now, that to me is something that people who really watch Star Wars closely are interested in more than anything else. That's not something that your casual moviegoer is going to care about in particular. And it's just going to be one piece of the overall media narrative, and that'll factor in to a reason that seems more likely to me later on in our discussion here. But for right now, yeah, I don't think any publicity, you know, good or bad over the director change is really driving the box office situation. Number five on our list is something that some people who like Star Wars are talking about. And, you know, I don't think it's another casual moviegoer thing. It's the idea of no one asking for this film. So a couple of episodes ago when we were talking about the idea of a scoundrel's cinematic universe potentially in the offing, 
One of the things I flagged for you is that, you know, there's a meme that often goes around that says, who do you want to see get his own spinoff movie? And it usually pictures Boba Fett and Yoda and Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul. And those are the big four that people are you know, talking about and thinking need a movie. And obviously that list does not include Han Solo. So you go back to the conversation that we talked about that Ron Howard told to Chris Taylor in the Mashable article about how Larry Kasdan and Kathleen Kennedy and George Lucas were talking about what movies would really excite the fans. And so maybe they don't have as solid a bead on what movies would excite the fans as they might have hoped. But I would say that there are more likely reasons for Solo's performance at the box office than the no one's asking for it idea. The fourth most likely reason is the conventionality of the movie or, you know, the stakes that are in play. As opposed to the saga movies where the fate of the galaxy is in play, or even Rogue One where technically the fate of the galaxy is in play because it's about the most important event that led up to the most important event in Star Wars cinematic history, which is the stealing of the Death Star plans that made the first movie possible and made the success of the Rebel Alliance possible. Well, those are as big a stakes as you can ask for. As far as Solo, a Star Wars story goes, it's an origin story, and there are no huge stakes in the movie by comparison. So there's not as much of a drive or a motivation for people to go see, oh my gosh, what is going to happen in this galaxy? So as far as a space opera goes, well, you know, there's not a lot of operatic stuff at stake. And so you could say that that would suppress even potentially a casual moviegoer who knows Star Wars, who has seen Star Wars, who wouldn't count himself or herself as a fan specifically or a diehard or any other, you know, description of somebody really committed to Star Wars that you want to throw out there. Somebody who knows that, okay, yeah, maybe this isn't as big of a movie with as big of a scale as the rest of them. And so, eh, maybe I'm not in so much of a rush, okay? So that could factor in as well. So now we get to the top three reasons. And these are the ones that I think are the most likely. And to some degree, they kind of play in with each other. So number three on the list is its release date. As opposed to the last three Star Wars movies that all came out just before Christmas, this time it came out on Memorial Day weekend. And so it has a lot more competition comparatively than any of the three previous movies did. So that's number one. And number two, as part of this whole thing, Memorial Day weekend generally does doesn't trend very well in terms of box office performance. It's actually kind of suppressed by the fact that, oh my gosh, this is sort of the first inaugural weekend of summer. Yeah, I know it's not summer, but you know what I mean. Like, you know, now it feels like summer. It's the first long weekend. You're getting the barbecue grills out. You're going out for long weekends and all this sort of thing. You're getting outdoors because, you know, it hasn't been great outdoor weather otherwise, or, you know, you know what I mean? There are a lot of reasons why you don't necessarily go see a movie on Memorial Day weekend. And this movie is actually the biggest Memorial Day weekend opening in four years. So, I mean, it did pretty well, but considering that it has a, you know, competition in the name of Deadpool, right? And other things, Infinity War is still actually pulling strong at the box office as compared to, say, every other Star Wars movie in the last three years where there was no competition to the box office whatsoever. Well, I think that's a pretty compelling reason why it might not be doing as well as we all expected it to. 
Then you have the second reason, which sort of ties into this, and that's the early embargo release. So as opposed to the last three movies where there were also secrets to keep as well, this movie was released for embargo and for reviews then being published a week earlier than the other three movies that came out. So there's been a whole week to talk about Star Wars stuff prior to its actual release, an additional week. And so, you know, that kind of lets the fire sputter a little bit, if you will. And it also, I guess, lets a, you know, a negative narrative on reviews and whatnot to catch hold. And so the fact that this was not as good of a Star Wars movie in terms of the critics' reviews, well, you know, that early embargo date gives it time for that negative news to sink in, right? You know, if the reviews for The Last Jedi or The Force Awakens or for Rogue One had been on a level of where Solo is, then those reviews only being released three days before the movie's premiere, well, yeah, maybe the narrative doesn't take hold and it has a stronger weekend. Or, obviously, if the movie gets, you know, better reviewed, then maybe it doesn't matter. But I think having the ability to talk about the movie and about, you know, how well it tells the story and be able to have that embargo conversation start a week earlier than previous Star Wars movies, yeah, I think that may be helping the negative box office situation. And that also ties into the number one reason I think we are looking at a lower-than-expected box office for Solo A Star Wars Story, and that is brand fatigue. As in, yes, it's been five months since we last saw a Star Wars movie, but it's not even just that. It's the fact that they went really hard on the promotion of Solo as well. Like There has been a full-court press. Not that there wasn't a full-court press with any of the other movies, but it feels like there's been a bit of a bigger push on this one and maybe it's been to you know overcompensate for the you know for you know the publicity around the lord miller situation or the you know less than stellar reviews compared to its three predecessors whatever the case may be it does seem like even here out in central new hampshire i know you know we are not a huge media market by comparison to you know los angeles new york or whatever they're probably getting flooded with this stuff but the fact that there has been such a full-court press on on social media, on conventional media for Solo A Star Wars Story, when you add that into the fact that, yeah, it has been only five months since the last movie came out, really there hasn't been any time for the fan base to reset and get energized for another movie if that was the case. There's no time to create any sort of pent-up demand. And it really does test the theory that you know, we've operated on in this podcast for quite a while, which is that one of the things that makes Star Wars so special is the notion of scarcity, that there haven't been too many movies. And now, I mean, you know, I think it's awesome that we've had four movies in the space of three and a half years, but, you know, maybe not everyone thinks that's the case. And maybe Solo isn't necessarily the answer to fully test that theory. I mean, if the reviews had been as strong as the three movies previous, then maybe we wouldn't be talking about a brand fatigue situation. But I think we really do have to bring it in play for the situation as we face it now. And that's going to do it for my look at the seven top reasons why Solo is comparatively underperforming at the box office. I'm going to do Last Jedi Trivia after the break. Stay tuned. 
Hey, Rebel Rouser. May the 4th is Star Wars Day, and it's also the date of our 1400th episode. So to celebrate all during the month of May, you can get the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book for just $7.77. That's whether you pay in dollars, pounds, or euros, just $7.77 at SW7X7.com slash TFA for the U.S. version of Amazon, or just search for the unofficial Force Awakens trivia book on any European version of Amazon. Welcome back. All right, last time I asked you what BB-8 uses to restore Poe Dameron's fire control systems on his X-Wing, and that's his head. He uses his own head to do it. And today's question for you, who does Poe Dameron call to get the bombers to start their bombing run? And that is going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you get scammed by Obi-Wan's wordplay, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you like what you've been hearing, support the podcast at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a certain point of view, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.